All right, and hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lake Orion Cares podcast. It's been a while, and uh, as we will know from the voice and as we switch screens to the face, we got a new host. I'm your host, Joey Tysick of the Lake Orion Cares podcast. I'm trying to get this podcast up and running again. Um, still trying to share the good news. Um, we know we've we've kind of gotten accustomed to the pandemic per se now now that we're seven to eight months into it so you know we're trying to get back to sharing the good news of things that it's going around in Lake Orion and things that are happening as we you know get to a somewhat normal base Um, we're going to give you guys updates we're going to have some interviews today uh, interview with director of communications Mark Snyder for the Lake Orion school district we're going to get some updates about you know what they're doing and their process of going back to in-person learning as well as doing some virtual learning on top of that. Um, And then we're going to have studio manager Joe Johnson, as usual, to come in and talk about some of the upcoming events that are going around um, in downtown Lake Orion. Again, this is the Lake Orion Cares podcast. Um, If you ever want to, you know, reach out to us or anything, you can email ontv at orionontv.org and, um, if you want to be included on the podcast, just send us an email or you can call us at 248-393-1060. Today, man, it's it's a beautiful night and it's going to be pretty nice all weekend, which is going to be great, especially for Dragon Football this Friday. Lake Orion taking on rival Clarkston at home and, you know, we at ONTV, we're going to be there. We're going to be filming it. Um, and it's going to be broadcast to our education channel, channel 22 on Camp Comcast and AT&T 99. And if you want to watch it, um, any of our stuff on Roku as well, you can download the Cablecast app and just search for Lake Orion and you will find us there for all of our programming. Um, you know, one thing that's exciting about getting back to sports and it makes it feel a little bit more normal, I guess, even though, you know, we don't have as, as big of the crowd, but football is always a big thing in the fall. So always great. And especially with the, the Clarkson rivalry coming up. Um, another couple of things I wanted to mention too: um, the news of the passing of Eddie Van Halen this week. That was a, that was a big one to me, even though it's, a little before my era, obviously. Um, I grew up on a lot of rock and roll from my dad, and so that was a rough one. But, you know, fun to reminisce and go back and to listen to all that guitar. And, man, what a talent. So that's going to be a sad one. Going to miss that very much. Um, but, again, this is the LO Cares podcast. Um, we're going to get right into it now. And we're going to get our first interview with Mark Snyder, uh, Director of Communications for Lake Orion Schools. So let's just cue that up and away we'll go. So, Mark, it's great to have you um, back onto the uh, Lake Orion Cares podcast. Um, I know you're one of the first people that Ian ever interviewed, even for this podcast. So it's great to have you back on. Um, kind of when we started, was right when the pandemic was getting going and you know, we were going through all the issues and the process of getting into remote learning. So can you give us just a little bit of an update 
of how that's kind of gone. And then in a little bit, we'll get into more of the process moving forward as well. Sure. In the spring, when we talked the first time, we were in uh, kind of a triage mode where the state had given directives about how much we could interact in terms of our teachers. They weren't allowed to give grades. They weren't they had to focus on the social emotional part of it more than the academic part of it. And we were just trying to make sure that students were okay in that period of time where they weren't allowed to take attendance necessarily and require kids to attend. So it made it more difficult to process and provide the necessary learning in the spring that we wanted. Over the summer, we were able to inform our teachers and train our teachers with professional development so they'd be in a better position in case we did go to some type of remote learning in the fall, knowing that that was possible because the virus was still in existence. We planned for every eventuality. And as we, in July, we rolled out, you know, what we thought school would look like and we planned for that, but then it became to a point where safely we wanted to open in the remote setting. And that's what we did. Uh, Superintendent Ben Kirby explained that on August 12th and that was what shared with the community. And so we began this whole process with remote learning and the school year started on September 8th with remote learning and has continued to this point, um, families are very understanding. They, have, their students are getting a full Lake Orion Community Schools education now. They they understand now the difference between what they had in the spring, and the success of remote learning now in the fall. And families have been very happy with that process. Obviously, a number of people wanted their students back in school. And we wanted to make sure that that's a safe process. And a couple weeks ago, that's when Mr. Kirby announced that we'd be moving back towards that circumstance where they would be returning to school. We can talk a little bit more about that, but that's kind of where we are at this point here. Right. October 7th. Yeah. Now, I mean, speaking of Ben Kirby, that's another thing that, you know, we've, you guys have had to go through kind of just give us a quick recap because I know we've, we've gone over it a lot here, but um, just for the people out there about the whole process of, you know, hiring a new superintendent on all that. Yeah, it was a really interesting process. <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, Mary Angelopoulos, at the beginning of the 1920 school year, announced it would be her final year and she'd be retiring. And so the Board of Education began their process moving forward of how they were going to select a new superintendent. And they hired a consultant and they went through all the steps. And then it got to the point where the pandemic hit and they had to make a decision about whether they were going to continue. They paused the process for a period of a month or a little bit more time. And then what they did is they restarted it after taking a bit of a break. And then as they moved forward, then they moved with the candidates and they went to the next steps and they got to the finalists. And Mr. Kirby was part of that process the whole time. And then uh, he was selected as the superintendent in the summer and then he began uh, later in July. And uh, since then, he hit the ground running. I mean, it was an interesting time for him yeah. to take over because obviously we're in the middle of the corona opportunity and kind of the circumstances around that. And he also had to learn everyone at the same time. And normally when you take over a position like that, not him not having been from Lake Orion, really knowing no one. He met, had to meet everyone basically over Zoom for the first month. Yeah. And then from there, he's been able to meet people slowly in person, but obviously a distance and masks, et cetera. Yeah. And I mean, one of the other things that he had to immediately get jumped into was what I, I was able to be a, somewhat a part of was the whole bond projects uh, that have been going on. You want to give another quick overview of, of that for the people to kind of see where that's at right now? I see that it's been moving pretty quickly since even we last did the tour. 
Yeah, they've done, they've done a lot and they've maintained their schedules. There was a brief construction shutdown ordered by the state in the spring and Obviously, uh, our construction manager, Rewald and Sons, abided by that. But as soon as they could get started again, they were able to move forward. And we have, not having the students in the schools in the spring and in the beginning of the fall here has really made a big difference. All the projects are scheduled to be done by the, begin by the time students are back. Uh, the Orient Oaks office is, will be the last one that needs to be done. In terms of Carpenter, in terms of the things that were announced, in terms of Carpenter added some classrooms in the back and a new entrance weber got a new entrance and the weber project will obviously continue with the addition in the background but weber right. got a new playground and a new entrance there orion oaks is getting a new secure entrance and all of the entrances are part of the plan for safety to make sure that anyone who comes into the building you know it is kept in a secure place and then buzzed through which are precautions that we didn't necessarily have in our buildings to begin with and we're trying to make that that is safe as possible, you know, moving forward. And we'll have those at the end of all the schools as we move forward with the bond projects. Uh, the Early Childhood Center, which is near your offices, Joey, and you probably see all the time, is yeah. on the same site as the Orient Oaks. And they, that's basically come down from from ground level. So mm -hmm. they started from zero. And that's not going to open until the fall of 2021. But at the same time, we've seen great progress. And everyone who drives by, <laughs> we get a lot of questions. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been corner. moving quickly. Right, of Clarkston and Joslin, and it's standing now, and then they're going to work on the outside and then work on the inside, and uh, that's going to be next fall. So there's a lot going on here, but uh, they've all been on schedule, and it's really exciting to see the changes and the opportunities that are available for our students. You know, when, this, when the community passed this bond in November 2018, the message was really clear, you know, that they wanted to set Lake Orion schools community schools up for the next generation and really that this with 10 years of projects that's what's going to happen and everyone's going to understand you mentioned the bond tour the board of education in august took a tour of the facilities as they were being constructed but there's been so much progress even since then yeah it's it's pretty cool to see to be honest um to say the least you guys have been incredibly busy for there being a, a whole pandemic and a shutdown and, <laughs> and things course, like that yeah. Um, sure. I, I think the, the thing that people are most interested in, and we'll get into that now is what does the process look like of going back? I know you guys have made a lot of, um, new changes within your last meeting, talking about a process of going back to school. Can you just kind of explain that for everyone? Sure. Uh, Mr. Kirby, from the time, you know, he decided that it was necessary and recommended to the board, it was necessary to close down and, and not have in-person learning you know, he looked at all the data points and the safety and health protocols, and we instituted all of those. But at the same time, he was monitoring the data the whole time, and he continues to look at different points. He has regular meetings with medical professionals. He looks at what the school districts around us have who have opened and how successful they've been and how they've handled cases. And that's when he made the recommendation, you know, uh, recently to inform the Board of Education that it was time and proposed to them that it was time to go back and they approved that uh, and so it's a run-up process obviously because there's a lot involved in terms of the families who want to stay home with the Dragon virtual program we had to have a time where they could register and that was last week and they all applied and registered and so what's happening currently is those registrations are all being processed and those need to be pulled out of because everyone else is going to be going back in person so we got to reset the classes 
and see what's going on with that. Uh, as in terms of the dates and everything, October, the week of October 26th is when the elementaries will go back. Elementary students will go back, and it'll be a phased-in approach, so everyone can get used to the protocols with everyone wearing the masks and the different social distancing and all of those opportunities that have to happen. You know, once you're in school, so that week elementary students will go what um, Monday Tuesday or they'll go Wednesday and Thursday and then everyone will go Friday so it'll be a, a phased in approach for mm-hmm. them and then the week of November 9th th- that'll happen at the secondary level and which is the middle school and the high school and they'll do the same thing uh, it's a process and obviously you know there's a lot of patients going to be involved as people adjust to the new opportunities but the, a lot of families wanted their students back and Mr. Kirby has been looking at the data and having these conversations to make sure that it's safe to bring them back and so he's gotten to that point the board approved that that was a good plan to move forward and kind of that's where we are right now right yeah and i i think you said it the most is that obviously safety has been the most important so being able to kind of have a choice for the families whether they want to stay with your dragon virtual program or come back into in-person learning i think is really important um what what is the process, would you say, of like juggling the two between the Dragon Virtual and um, in person? Well, the challenge in our, from the administrative staff, is basically resetting the classes because, you know, the, you make the classes of the people who want Dragon Virtual, and hopefully you have enough for each level and each building to have their own at the elementary level. And that's, you know, that's where the biggest challenge is because the classrooms that are for the in person, you try to keep those classes together. But it depends on how many students from those existing classes, you know, want to choose the virtual. So what will those in-person classes look like? And is there enough teachers to teach the Dragon virtual students? And that, so there's a lot of, you know, juggling and logistics involved for our human resources department and our teaching and learning department to try to balance all of those things and meeting with our administrators and our principals to understand how their buildings are going to look. The Dragon virtual program is going to be run by one of our staff members and it's going to be essentially, it's kind of its own overseed building by uh, Nick Cosia, who is a middle school teacher, but he's this year, he's going to be the dragon virtual coordinator. He's going to you know work with all the dragon virtual teachers at all the levels to make sure everything's happening and moving forward. Cause it's the first time we've done it. So having him as an administrator over that is really important in terms of the high, the difference is, you know, at the, elementary level it'll look pretty similar the dragon virtual will look very similar to the remote learning that the students are having now with a with a class on mm-hmm. zoom and using the seesaw platform and one teacher and then students interacting with those teachers so those students will be kind of comfortable with what that circumstance will look like because they've kind of been through it here for a couple of weeks now and right. by that point almost two months mm-hmm. when you look at what's going to happen for the virtual students at the middle school level in the high school, the middle school level will have the virtual students getting core classes, you know, the ELA, the English language arts, the science, social studies, math from their, uh, in a remote setting, in a virtual setting from those teachers, you know, who they're familiar with in their teams at each level. And that, and what those teachers will do is that will be one of their periods and the rest of the day, they'll teach the in-person students. The way it's going to, but the electives will be through a program called Ingenuity, which is a third per, third party provider, and mm-hmm. that's the way that's going to work. At the high school level, all of the virtual students will go through the Ingenuity platform because 
we only have so many teachers and they need to teach the in-person students. Right. And so this pro this process with the ingenuity platform allows the student, our students who want to be virtual to still get a quality education online. And what's going to happen is our LOCS teachers will act as mentors and guide each guide the students through the ingenuity platform and be there as a resource for them with office hours and assistance, but not, directly delivering the instruction themselves. Yeah. Um, and then quickly to just wrap up a little bit, um, what would you say are some of the protocols that um, you guys are going through at the moment for in-person learning when they come well, back? Well, I think that there's going to be a lot of different challenges and it depends on the level. I mean, at the high school, obviously with in-person learning will be a hybrid situation. So students will only go two days, one week, three days, another week. They'll either be on the green program or the white program and they'll alternate and they'll have what's called asynchronous learning on the opposite days where they will learn about, they'll learn at home with either recorded lessons or something that's delivered and not live teaching so that to lessen the amount of students in the building and allow for more distancing within the building on those different days. And we've changed the hours. So, I mean, it's been found in the schools that have already gone back that the biggest opportunity for spread at the high schools or in all levels really is the, lunch period. So we've right. done away with the lunch period and students will go from approximately 9.30 to, you know, 2.30 in the afternoon and they'll just go straight through without a lunch break. And then we don't, we eliminate that opportunity. At the middle school, we've been able to do social distancing and there'll be long tables with students at the lunch periods away from each other because that's the biggest concern because that's when students have their masks off right. is when they're eating. So we need to account for that. In terms of other protocols, you know, we're going to not use drinking fountains necessarily. You know, those will be turned off and people have to use their own water bottles. Uh, we're going to ask students and there's signage in our schools that they stay to the right, you know, when they're walking, almost like a like you're on a road to try mm -hmm. to stay away from each other. Yeah. We try not to mix during passing time. I mean, there's different protocols. Students can't come in and mingle before right. school. I mean, there's just in the middle schools, in the elementary schools, they're going to stay with essentially their cohort when they go to recess. They'll only play with their class, and those classes will be separated. But most of the time, they'll eat lunch at the elementary school in their classroom, and if they go to the cafeteria, it'll be as a class, and it'll be separated from another class. They won't be mixing in there. So there's a lot of different things, and all of that stuff's on our website on lakeorionschools.org slash return to school, information about all of the programs. All right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention today at all? Um, I just want to, I guess, share that, you know, our administrators and our staff have been working tirelessly for months here since March, and everything is obviously changing for families, and we understand that. We're trying to accommodate families the best we can while still maintaining the district operations moving forward, and we're trying to create the best learning environment for our students. You know, we've had this, up, this reputation of being an elite school district, and we're trying to continue that in the best way in the safest way that we can for families who want to be home and the families who feel comfortable sending their students back in person. Obviously, you know, things change at the state and national level in term, and the county in terms of directives. And we try to follow, obviously, all of the orders that are given to us and work those into the plans that we have. But we appreciate everyone's patience as we try to figure all these things out. Um, and anyone who wants to reach out, you know, obviously, we're available on social media and communications at lok12.org. Um, I man that email box and I try to respond to everyone who has a question. So please reach out if you have questions and we're 
try to respond to you as soon as we can. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think you guys are doing a great job for, you know, just looking from the outside, looking in. Um, I can't imagine all the challenges you guys have got, had to go through. Um, but I appreciate you coming back on and sharing that information for everyone. Um, this is Mark Snyder of LO Schools. Um, thanks. I appreciate it, man. No problem. Thank you, Joey. All right. Take it easy. And again, that was Mark Snyder, Director of Communications for Lake Orient Schools. Uh, great, great guy. Always willing to help us out whenever. Um, here's a quick look at that page that he was referencing. The uh, return to school, all information for that is right on their website, lakeorientschools.org slash return to school. You can find everything for the in-person learning or the Dragon Virtual, um, all of their updates and everything right there, right on their page. So take a look at that, lakeorientschools.org slash return to school. Now we're going to segue into a couple of uh, things that we do, one of them being quick hits uh, led by our outreach coordinator, Becky Andrus. She puts those together just about every week, um, kind of giving us an update of the latest. Welcome to this week's ONTV Quick Hit. The Lake Orion Dragons varsity football team takes on the Clarkston Wolves this Friday night at 7 p.m. ONTV will be covering the game and broadcasting it live. You can tune into the game on Comcast Channel 22, AT&T U-verse 99, or on the Roku Cablecast channel. On Saturday, the Orion Library is having Take and Make Fall Pumpkin Decoration for teens and adults. Participants will log into the video link for project instructions. Registration is not required and the Take and Make supplies will be on a first-come, first-served basis starting at 10 a.m. on the day of the program. A special thanks to Fogler's Greenhouse for donating the pumpkins. The library will also be hosting book-inspired frisbee golf on Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. This outdoor book-themed event will take place in the Reading Garden. All ages are welcome. Registration is now open for Boo Bash on the Trails. This fun Halloween event is hosted by the Orient Township Parks and Rec Department and will take place on Saturday, October 17th at Friendship Park. Space is limited, so pre-register today at orientparks.com. Looks like we're in for a beautiful fall weekend. Friday's forecast is calling for mostly sunny skies with a high of 69 and a low of 54. Partly cloudy on Saturday with a high of 72 and a low of 47. And mostly sunny on Sunday with a high of 64 and a low of 44. That's it for this week's ON TV Quicket. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. And there you have it. Those were this week's Quick Hits. A couple of things that are just coming up for you this weekend into the next following week but now we're going to roll into segment two and i got my coworker joe johnson one of everybody's favorites you know him you love him <laughs> he's here with me in the studio to talk about what's coming up what has he been up to so joe what what have you been up to lately you caught me in a rare moment where i'm not out and about in the community um what's been keeping me busy the past week or so is working closely with the dda uh, to kind of help promote some of the businesses in downtown Lake Orion um, that have been struggling over the past several months, like most businesses have. Uh, so we coordinated with the uh, DDA to set up some interviews and shoot some video at about 15 different businesses in downtown Lake Orion, uh, where we had the business owners talk about what they're offering and 
um, how you can safely shop and uh, patronize these businesses in downtown Lake Orion. Uh, and there's some really cool places downtown. There's um, Twice Bless, which is a consignment shop and sells uh, women and children's clothing and accessories. There's Ed's Broadway Gift and Costumes, which is really hot right now because Halloween is right around the corner. And they have just a huge variety of costumes and masks and uh, things like puzzles and candy and, and stuff like that. Um, so there's just so many really cool uh, businesses in downtown that we're just trying to help spread the word that they're open for business and uh, need your support. So that's been the major thing that's been keeping me busy the past week or so. Yeah, and one of those things that we want to do on this podcast going forward is too is once you start making some of those videos, maybe we'll we'll talk about one or two and kind of do our own little spotlight, um, talk about the video they made and some of the things that that uh, business in particular has been doing. Um, speaking of Halloween and things, uh, what kind of events do we have? planned on the docket well there's some fun stuff coming up i think the uh quick hits mentioned briefly uh boo bash mm -hmm. um that's coming up on october 17th that's orient township parks and recs popular annual event traditionally it's been uh, held here on the grounds of the orient center but because of the pandemic they wanted to be able to spread people out and social distance. Um, so they're moving it over to Friendship Park, where, ironically, it that's where it originated before it came over to uh, the Orient Center. So there should be treats and funs and fun and games and all sorts of stuff for kids. Uh, come on, uh, wear your costume and uh, and take part in, in the Boo Bash. It's always a really, really fun event, and I'm glad it wasn't canceled like mm -hmm. most events have been. Um, so head on out to Friendship Park on October 17th for Boo Bash. Uh, then on October 21st, the DDA is uh, making some changes to what traditionally was their Halloween parade. Um, in the past, uh, hundreds of kids would gather over at the Eamon Center and then parade their way through the streets of the neighborhoods of downtown Lake Orion <clears throat> into the village at where they would trick-or-treat local businesses. They're going to still do that in some fashion. It's going to be a little different this year uh, where I think they're going to have smaller groups go through and you have to sign up for a time slot. Uh, even though I think I just read something recently that because of some changes in the state mandates, I think they're going to be able to accommodate larger groups of people. Um, so that's an annual event that's always hugely popular. Um, so the Halloween extravaganza, October 21st uh, in downtown Lake Orion. And then, uh, of course, uh, we need to toot our own horn. The ONTV Film Festival will be kicking off on October 28th. Mm -hmm. uh, we thought we might have to cancel it this year because of the situation that we're in. Um, but we're going to move forward with it with some changes. It's all going to be virtual this year. And uh, people are going to be able to submit their videos uh, online or, or through email or whatever. Um, and then we're going to premiere these short films uh, on Facebook and social media, and uh, we'll have judges view them and uh, award cash prizes like we have in the past. So it's going to be a little different. It's not going to be a live event uh, at Oxford 7, which we had traditionally done. Um, uh, but because of the situation we're in, we're going to do it a little differently. We're going to do it virtually, and then hopefully next year we'll get back to norm. Let's yeah. hope. And, I mean, one of the things, though, that we, we've even talked about just, you know, as a as a staff is, like, it's kind of exciting to see what a watch party, like a Facebook watch party that we kind of are planning to do might look like. Like, it could be pretty fun because then, you know, people can just sit at home. They can, I know it's not the exact same experience as, you know, seeing it on the big screen necessarily, but to still be able to do something like that is pretty cool. 
Yeah, earlier this year, we won an award for our newscast, and um, the organization that uh, has this national award, the Alliance for Community Media, uh, were forced to do their award ceremony uh, virtually, so they had a watch party on Facebook. And I have to admit, it was kind of cool to sit there and watch the ceremony, which was pre-recorded, and wait for your name to get announced, and they play a small clip from the show and everything. So um, that's pretty much what we're going to do in... uh, it's not going to be the same, but hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have more eyes on it because the theater itself only, uh, when we rent it, only accommodates about 120 people. So maybe we'll have more viewers this year than in past years. But um, I do love that feeling of being in a theater and having right. a movie yeah. presented on the big screen. I've had my personal projects presented on a big screen, and it's just a huge thrill. So we'll get back to it eventually, but um, we figured we'll do it this way just so we don't have to cancel it and uh, hopefully get back to norm next year. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the most um, kind of impressive things, not even just on our own, but just around the area of how many different events and things have still gone on just by you know changing how they're done and you know, just making accommodations for the whole pandemic. I think it's really, really interesting the way that the school has gone about doing their, obviously their their virtual learning has to be a challenge. We talked with Mark Snyder earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the DDA still putting on uh, their concerts in the park. Yeah. Uh, Wildwood still doing their concerts. Like, I, I just think it's really interesting and neat to see how the local area has been able to accommodate for these times. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, during the summer, so many events were canceled, like Dragon on the Lake. They had a kind of a smaller version of that over by the Arts Center. But um, the Jubilee, you know, which is a major fundraiser for the Lions Club, uh, you know, seeing all these events get canceled was just heartbreaking. Um, and that's a big part of what I do here at ONTV is go out and cover these events. Um, so I was kind of excited to see that some events have been returning uh, to Lake Orion. Unfortunately, there are still some events that are not going to happen, like the Lions Club's Christmas Basket Fundraiser, mm-hmm. which would have been in uh, early November at Malash. Um, they're hurting, as most uh, nonprofit organizations are. They haven't been able to have fundraisers. So hopefully the community is going to come together to help out the Lions Club and other organizations uh, raise some money to help hungry families. Because you can imagine with everything that people have gone through over the past six, seven months, People are hurting. You know, yeah. there's a, a lot of people are unemployment and they're struggling to pay rent and, and make ends meet. So that's when these organizations like the Lions Club are more important than ever. But um, they've been hurting, too, not being able to raise funds. So but like Orion always is, is notorious for coming together and, and helping people in need. So um, let's hope we can help out the families this holiday season. Yeah. Um, maybe on a, a little bit brighter of a note, um, it's the fall season, which means fall football Mm. along with other sports as we've kind of I mean we're almost already through fall sports which is crazy to think about (laughs) because they had to expedite some of the scheduling I know soccer teams have played back-to-back-to-back games Um, but getting back to football that's kind of one of our our big motifs to go live and do replay and you know have our announcers and underwriting and the full thing have you noticed anything different necessarily because I'm in the van so I don't I don't necessarily notice like the crowd being too much different because I, I, I hear the same noise, but I know it's got to be different when you're actually on the field. Well, I mean, let's go back to when the um, uh, was it the uh, MHSAA was it uh, that postponed the season to yeah. like the spring 
and that, that that disappointment that we all felt because I really look forward to opening day in high school football. Um, then things all of a sudden changed, and they said, no, we're going to try to salvage the fall season, and we were like, yay. And then the Oxford game yeah, got, canceled got canceled because there were um, cases of COVID. And so that was heartbreaking because that was just like days in advance it got canceled. So when finally, when the players took to the field against Oak Park at Dragon Stadium, there was a, a buzz, kind of an energy that I've never experienced at um, a Dragons football game before. And you could see the looks in the eyes or uh, players that were acknowledging me when they turned and saw me with the camera. They would fist bump me. And, and I've never gotten that before. Like yeah. players looking at me going, let's do this. And mm-hmm. it was very exciting. And to be on the sideline and, and, and be in the mix uh, and, and having that action all around me was was such a great moment that we were able to return to that. I had mm-hmm. given up on it, and it's so awesome that um, they were able to play football. And, and then, of course, the following week, the game was affected by COVID and got canceled against Southfield A&T. But um, everybody scrambled from the athletic director to Roger Smith and his uh, TPW students there where they managed to find an opponent. Yeah. Uh, managed to record the game. We're showing it on Owen TV, and it's pretty exciting that they managed to uh, not sit out a week right. and actually find an opponent to play and record. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and now now this week we got the big one. We got Clarkson. That's going to be super fun. It's always a big rivalry. Um, obviously, it's not going to be exactly the same because you can't have the full stadium, um, but you know we're going to play it on our channel, 22 on Comcast, AT&T 99. We'll plug it again. We're also on Roku. Yeah. Uh, you just search for Cablecast, and then you can search for Lake Orion through the Cablecast app on Roku. Yeah. But just being able to bring people that game live is a big deal. I know I had a grandmother of one of the st- uh, students that called in, and she was excited because her grandson is a senior this year, and obviously that's a, uh, that's a big deal. Yeah. And at first, not thinking that you're even going to have a season – and to now be able to watch those games from home because not everyone can go to the games, that, that's a big deal. And so I feel pretty good that I can be able to facilitate that and be a part of bringing that to people. Yeah. And if you have a smart TV at home, um, if you go to our website and bring up the Owen TV website on your smart TV, if you don't have Roku, um, if you bring up the streaming option on Education Channel or Public uh, Public Access Channel, um, it is full HD mm-hmm. and it looks spectacular on a, a, a HD smart TV. So if you want to, you know, gather some family together and sit around and watch the Dragons on HD TV at home, I guess that's the next best thing to be in there in the stadium. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that about wraps up uh, the majority of the in-area news. Um, one other thing we kind of wanted to talk about, uh, the passing of Eddie Van Halen. I brought it up early on the podcast because it was kind of influential to me, uh, kind of getting to know some of the music that my dad listened to growing up. Uh, what did Van Halen mean to you in particular? Well, you, you take into consideration that I graduated from high school in 1984, and those years leading up to graduating high school – the, the music is the soundtrack of your life, you know, when you're in high school. And Van Halen was, was one of the biggest bands uh, of the uh, 80s. And um, Eddie Van Halen was widely regarded as, as one of the, if not the greatest guitar player of all time. Definitely, I think, in the top 
three or four. Um, he's right up there with, um, you know, Chuck Berry or, or Prince, who I think is one of the greatest and, um, and um, uh, just one of the greatest of all time. Like if there was a Mount Rushmore of guitar players, it'd be him, Jimi Hendrix, Prince, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's one of those names when you, you log into Facebook or whatever and you see that notification and you go, oh, man, like mm -hmm. that was my reaction. Like, not Eddie. Yeah. And and I knew his health was sort of up and down over the past few years, but it seemed like lately he was looking pretty good. And, yeah. And uh, I've seen video and photos of him, you know, playing the guitar and, and still loving it and has that smile on his face. And I guess um, from what I read, he, he his health declined really, really rapidly over the past uh, couple weeks, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it's just a huge loss for uh, fans of music and rock and roll. And, um, you know, I read one thing that said, man, we will never see Van Halen on stage again. It, you know, at its peak, you know, yeah. with those original players. And that kind of made me sad to think that's the end of an era. No mm -hmm. more, no more Van Halen. Uh, I've been watching videos. I don't know if you've been going back and, you know, taking a stroll down memory lane, but I've been yeah, watching definitely. videos of Eddie on uh, David Letterman and, and um, watching the old music videos and stuff. And he always played the guitar with a smile on his face and just seemed to be loving life. And um, yeah, he's, he's going to be missed. Yeah, it was one of those things that I remember growing up, just riding in the truck with my dad, going either up north hunting or something like that, and we'd throw on some Van Halen or some rock tunes. And so for me, it was a big part, even though it was a little bit after my, or I was a little bit after its time. But you know, I that's where I got kind of influenced into rock and roll a bit. And yeah, it's a it's a tough loss, but obviously he made a big impact on the music industry. Um, some some great great tunes like i said one of my favorites i think is eruption i just the solo for the solo, it is yeah. is so great and influential and it's kind of where i learned to enjoy music for being music if that makes sense and not mm -hmm. like listening to lyrics necessarily but to listen to how the guitar is played and what is going on yeah um so it just gave me a greater appreciation for that so i think it's it's pretty Pretty unfortunate, but yeah. Yeah, and you know their debut album, Van Halen, which came out in like '78, I think it was. A lot of people regard that as one of the greatest debut albums of all time. There are several hits on that album that I still listen to today. It's, it's great rock and roll songs. Um, and there's a fascinating story online if you can find it about the guy who discovered Van Halen. They were playing in Los Angeles. Um, and some guy got a call. For, he was with, um, I want to say Warner Brothers Records. They said, you got to see this band. And he went down and kind of discreetly watched them. And he's like, the lead singer was that. Eh. But he goes, I couldn't take my eyes off the guy on the guitar. He's mm -hmm. like, this guy was amazing. And, um, and it was because of Eddie Van Halen that Van Halen became what it became. And they were able to kind of shape and mold David Lee Roth to become the singer they wanted to front the band. Uh, there was talk of replacing him with um, with uh, Sammy, uh, Hagar. Sammy Hagar, who yeah. eventually was the lead singer of of Van Halen. But um, you know, starting with that de debut album, I think they released like sixteen albums. All of them were huge. Um, all of them just generated monster hits. Whether it was David Lee Roth or or Sammy Hagar, um, so many hits from that band. One of the greatest rock bands of all time, and, and Eddie Van Halen's a big reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that about wraps it up. Uh, Joe, I really appreciate you coming back on to the Lake Orion Cares podcast as we kind of try to get this back up and running. 
Um, we'll definitely have to have you back on, hopefully every week, to be able to do some DDA spotlights and things like that. So You know where to find me. Yep, I appreciate it. Alrighty, that about wraps it up. And just remember that we are going to try to go live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Lake Orion Cares podcast. If you want to be a part of the podcast, you can email us at ontv at orionontv.org or you can call us at 248-393-1060. I'm your host, Joey Tysick. We'll see you guys next time.